Welcome to another inspiring sister's message. We hope you are blessed by this ministry. Well, it's the month of love, and we've already heard about the love of God, and we'll probably end this evening looking again at the, 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 the love of God. But I know that we are here to look at romantic love, aren't we? Okay. And um, Chuck Charles Swindell, Charles Chuck Swindell, uh, in his book, Tale of the Tardy Oxcart, um, wrote, he, he captured people's casual attitude toward love, marriage, and home in the words of one woman who wanted to marry four men. First, she wanted to marry a banker. Then she hoped to marry an actor. Next, she desired to marry a preacher. And finally, she wanted to marry a funeral director. When asked why in that order, she responded, one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now, four to go. <laughs> One for the money. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. You know, they say that they say that love is blind. Amen. People say, Oh, love is blind. You know, I just turn a blind eye and you know, all of that stuff. But God says, No, love, love is not blind. Um, you, love is something you do with your eyes wide open. Um, our love needs discernment, um, and that we get from the Word of God. We get that by speaking to God. We get that from the Spirit of God, because if we don't have discernment, we will end up loving things we ought not to love, right? And enter into relationships that are not good for us. And uh, while love is the ultimate, for some people it's, you know, it's the ultimate, it's the supreme, it is never enough. Love is beautiful. Love is a gift from God. It's beautiful, romantic love. Intimacy is wonderful. But it is, it is not everything. I mean, it is never enough. So I want to take a moment to speak to the single ladies, as I always do every year around this time. And Pastor Andre recently um, on the 13th, it was the day before Valentine's Day, he said that um, if you haven't yet met your significant other, don't forget you are significant all by yourself. Amen? There's no such thing as you complete me. Two broken hearts together, now I'm complete. Trust me that heart will break once again. Because there's a lot of heartbreak in, 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 um, in relationships. Amen. So, for the single girls, back to you. You know, you can still achieve a lot while you are single. And, um, you know, you, you, you probably can achieve more than even when you're married. Because there are restrictions around marriage. There's children. There's hours that you have to keep. There's all those kind of things when you are married. But when you are single, uh, you can still achieve a lot. And, and you, can, you can navigate the season really, really well. You, you can. And, you know, stop waiting. Don't be on the waiting end all the time. Why don't you embark on doing? Rowie touched on it tonight. She didn't even read my notes. 
And I didn't even listen to her um, until after I had prepared this message. But, you know, embark on a season of doing. It's in the doing that you often collide with someone else who's also just doing and being faithful and, uh, it, it, you know, and God can use it for his purpose. He can cause destinies to collide. And uh, we're going to look at a woman tonight who, who did just that. And then for those who are married, here's some very good advice. And if you're intending to get married, Roby, now you fall into this category. Uh, here's some good advice. In his book called The Three Decisions by Charles Tremendous Jones, his daughter Tracy Tremendous, she's now adopted Tremendous in her name, Jones was quoting and speaking of her father. She, she said, my father said, the secret to a lifelong marriage isn't compatibility, it is commitment. And that you cannot make this decision based on how it goes. Have you heard people speak? Oh, we'll just see how it goes. Dish, dish, dish. Come here so I can give you a hiding. You cannot make this decision based on how it goes, but solely on integrity. Something the world does not seem to understand or know about. She said that God does not put romance in marriage. God does not put romance in marriage, but he puts romance in people. And it's up to us to ensure that it stays there. Amen? So it's up to us. So, you know, romantic love is not all roses and candlelight dinners. It is hard work, and it can be heartbreaking. In fact, I remember when I was... 18, and Pastor Andre was my boyfriend, and he phoned me and told me, let's call it a day. <laughs> he won't even remember this. We were going out for six months. We had smoked a couple of joints together. We even dropped some acid and risked our lives. Well, no explanation given. None. And my heart was broken and I was devastated. And, um, but we did make up again. To the point where I even forgot about it. When I was preparing this and I thought about it and I thought, was my heart actually ever? Yes, yes, it was broken. Yes, yes, yes. But you know what? Sometimes an engagement doesn't work out. Oh, it was candlelight and roses and dinners and holding hands and music. Love is in the air. You know, and then there it happens. And, and these days, how awful is it? It happens on social media. I can't think of anything worse. Not seen it myself. I'm not that much, you know on it myself, but on Facebook, someone in our church discovered once a few years ago that um, her fiancé or boyfriend was single. Say no more. That's cruel. Well, sometimes a spouse passes away and the pain is unbearable. You, you know what 
what love really is, was being at my friend Patricia, her funeral, and how her son stood up and said, my parents met when my father was 17 and my mother was 14, and 54 years later, she was holding his hand as he passed away. Do you want to know what romantic love is? That is it. It's unconditional, right? It's in sickness and in health, till death do us part, right? It's not working it out and see how it goes. It's commitment. It's commitment because you fall in love again and again and again. Amen. So I want to speak tonight on a topic entitled From Heartache to Hope. Because our theme this year are about hopes and dreams. And so from heartache to hope, and we're going to look at the story of Ruth. Uh, one of my favorite, I've, I think everything's my favorite in the Bible. Sorry. I have to say that because I do this and then I find a new favorite. And Esther's been my favorite. Now Ruth has been my favorite. But you know, it's a beautiful, but it's a tragic story. But it's a romantic story. And I, I would love for you to go home and read it and just look at it through fresh new eyes like I have done. Well, it's a story about a couple who lived in Bethlehem. Jewish couple, Elimelech and his wife Naomi and their two sons, Marlon and Kilian. And, you know, a famine broke out and, you know, so strange because um, Bethlehem means... Um, House of bread. Thank you. I didn't have it in my notes. House of bread. So how, how contradictory. The house of bread had no bread. And so this couple and their two sons moved to Moab and they settled there. In the meantime, the two boys married Moab, Moabite girls, Ruth and Orpah. And then sadly, Elimelech passed away and left Naomi to be a widow and... Um, Ten years later, both the boys passed away and left Ruth and Orpah also as widows. And then Naomi found out that Bethlehem, the house of bread, had bread again, that the famine was over. And uh, last month we spoke about famine. How, how weird. Anyway, just realized that. <laughs> anyway, that the famine was over and that she wanted to return and her daughters-in-law wanted to return with her. But in the end, only Ruth went with her. So I look at Ruth and I think, well, this is who she is. She decided who she would spend her life with. She made a, a decision. It wasn't easy. It wasn't uncertain. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to a most wonderful place. There was devastation, clearly, after a famine. It, it's, it's a slow process to get back to, to, to where things were. Um, but you know what? She decided who her God would be. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. So, you know, she decided who she would live with, who her God would be. And a whole new world opened up to her because there was a Boaz, as the Americans say. I wonder how the Hebrews people say it. How would they say it? Boaz was on the horizon, a kinsman redeemer, and a picture of Jesus, our redeemer. So here's what a kinsman redeemer is. 
Well, he was one who had the right to redeem. That means buy back. We've been bought back by the blood of Jesus. I mean, we've been separated from God, but we needed to be reconciled with God. And the only way we could be reconciled with God, to God, is by the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice that was made. And so we were bought back. So the kinsman redeemer was one who had the right to redeem through some sort of family relation, meaning someone in your family, distant or, or near, um, that had been lost through death. That person, that person would then buy the property of the deceased along with it, the wife. So it was like a package, T's and C's. You know, you couldn't buy the land and say, but I don't want the wife. And because Naomi's husband was the one who was the relative of Boaz, and she was beyond childbearing years, it had to fall on Ruth. Right? And so Ruth was the one that was available um, to this Boaz person. And so it worked out that the wife could have children, and if she can start a family, she would herself be restored. And if she bore a son, that son would be the one to carry on the family name and to own the land. And so it really was a very important custom within the Hebrew culture, something we may not understand, but it's there in the Word of God, and it has meaning, and it has, um, it, it has a story, and it has symbolism. Amen. So let's just think about this. She was a broken woman, and perhaps your heart has been broken, right? And, and um, I want to encourage you to have hope. I want to encourage you to have hope. We listened to some stories tonight, and I hope that they helped you to also have hope for your future. If you're young enough to have another go, well, you know what? I want to encourage you to have hope. But it takes more than hope. It takes wisdom, and it takes hard work. And it also takes doing things God's way, not the way of the world. Not, not online dating. If, if you, you have a decision to make with this message tonight, to be honest, you have to decide if you want to do things God's way, or if you want to do it your way, or if you want to do some of God's way, and some of your way, and some of the world's way. There is only one way to do it, and that is God's way. And so this message is for you. If you want to do this thing God's way. So, here's a scripture that's very important in doing things God way, God's way. Proverbs 18.22. It says, the man who finds a wife finds a good thing. She is a blessing to him from the Lord. I don't think Rowe went headhunting. Heinz saw him in a bar or a pub or something and thought, wow, how can I make this happen? <laughs> no, who Roby is was that she was at her post doing the work of the Lord as a handmaiden of the Lord. Amen? And she was found by Heinz. Amen? Number one tonight, keep doing the ordinary and God will step in with the extraordinary just the ordinary, just doing what needs to be done. 
Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, it says, Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband in Limelech. One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by someone who was kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, All right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked the foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? She was noticed in just being a handmaiden of God, going out to help her mother-in-law and her stay alive, doing the necessary, doing the ordinary. Gleaning is not glamorous. It's not a glamorous thing, but she was willing to not be idle and just lie down and wait. Someone must come knocking on my door and here I am. I'm quite pretty. I'm quite pretty. I'm quite gorgeous. No, it didn't work that way, right? She, she, and she didn't go out to be noticed. She went out to do the ordinary. And in doing that, that's how she got noticed. You know, I, I wonder, like I do, you'll notice, like I did last month, like I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if Naomi knew that where Ruth started working and gleaning in the field could lead to her finally owning that field, belonging to the man of that field, having a son who would one day own that field. Isn't that amazing? So, yeah, she just remained faithful in the little, and God made her faithful over much. That's how it works for all of us. Amen? Faithful in the little, God makes us faithful over much, and it's the same with us. You know, the church... Where you serve is a harvest field. True. And, and we as the daughters of God don't go looking for a man. I met a woman many years ago. She was in Middle Earth days next door. And she was a gorgeous looking woman, but she'd been broken and hurt in marriage. But she was blatant with me. I nearly, I mean, I'm quite naive sometimes about things like this. It's like she said, Pastor Wilma, I'm here for a man. I'm here to find my soulmate at Rivers. I've been to da-da-da-da church and da-da-da-da church and let's see if my, if my man is here. And I, I was gobsmacked and I didn't actually know what to say. It's quite a long time ago. And I, I went to Pastor Andre and I said, please help me, and Lord, please help me. I have to correct this thing. And I got some wisdom, and I got into the Word, and then I sat it down, and I just said, this is not how it works. You are to be found by a man. Why don't you plug into church? Plug into church. Become a partner. Serve in a department. You know... I haven't got time, but you know how many people have met people just by being at their post in the harvest field of the living God? Amen? 
Because this is, this is God's harvest field. And this is where you want to meet someone. You want to meet someone in the house of God. You don't want to meet someone at work necessarily. You can, you could, uh, especially if they are willing, sorry to say this, and online, they have to come back here. <laughs> this is home. <laughs> I felt to say that, you know, you're never more beautiful than when you are serving God and serving people. There's a glow about you. I watch people. I watch them serve. I try not to look around too often, but, you know, I, I do want to just see people at their post and see the energy and see how gorgeous they look when they're just running, helping people to find their seat. It's just a beautiful thing. And if you want to look beautiful to someone, just do the ordinary. Just do it with heart and soul. Do it as unto the Lord. Amen. Be faithful in a little, and God will make you faithful over much. And that is how Ruth was noticed. That is how Roetha was noticed. Number two, work on keeping a good reputation and you will find favor. Well, you may just say, oh, well, I've already blown that one, Pastor Vilma. No, 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 you haven't. You don't know our God. You don't know how much he loves you. You don't know how much of a God of second chances he is. Amen? In Christ, we get a second chance. The slate becomes clean. The enemy can come and try and gnaw at you and at your conscience, but it's in the past. It's been dealt with. Amen? We forge ahead. We forge ahead, and we get another chance. Ruth was an outsider, but she had a good reputation. The community knew about her. How did they know about her? Because Naomi could vouch for her. And if you want to have a second chance, or you don't even need a second chance, can others vouch for you? Make sure they can. Amen? Now the story goes on in Ruth chapter 2 from verse 8. It says, Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, just by the way, he was an older man. And that's okay. Anyone here married to an older man? Wow, okay, that's good. I admire that. There's, you see, there's always hope, hopes. Can you see? Hopes and dreams. I married a younger man. Anyway, just saying. <laughs> he said, listen, my daughter, very respectful, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other field. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water that they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to, to deserve such kindness, she asked. I'm only a foreigner. I'm an outsider. You know, the Hebrews don't really like people like us. I'm a Moabites. At one time, enemies. Amen. Yes, I know, Boaz replied. 
But I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. Amen? She was a woman of character, and she was a woman who had a good reputation. And, and you know what? She also gained a good reputation by her loyalty and her kindness to her mother-in-law, which meant that she displayed a characteristic that would permeate her whole life to everyone else that she met. And um, Proverbs 3 verse 3 says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Isn't that beautiful? Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. I think this is very good advice for all of us. Amen? We want to have good reputations because it pleases God, and we find favor with God, and it honors God. Amen? And it honors people around us. And then thirdly, be nice to be near. Be nice to be near. Now, the story goes on. It gets a little hectic, and I didn't have time, and I can't see how much time I've got. I've got six minutes. Uh, uh, this part is very controversial that I'm going to read to you right now, but I'm going to stop it just short before that controversy. It's, it's customs in the Word of God. It's the culture of the day, but it's not what you think, Okay. So, Ruth chapter 3, verse 3. This is her mother-in-law speaking to her. Now do as I tell you. Take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Now, this is not Ruth throwing herself at him. This is not Ruth saying, oh, baby, I am available. Uh, there's your threshing floor. There's a heap of hay. I'm smelling good. I've got my Chanel on. And uh, you've just had your meal. You've probably had a whole thing of wine. Here I am, baby. I'm available. You can take me to bed or take me to hay if you like. You know what? Wearing perfume, grooming yourself, it's beautiful. It's important. And it, it, it's, it, it doesn't glorify God if we walk around with bushes of hair that's not been properly taken care of and broken, dirty nails and we smell all of perspiration. I mean, you know, it, it does glorify God that we take care of our body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. And that is all very, very important. But it's more than that. It's how she conducted herself. It was this virtuous woman, a woman of character, a woman of kindness, with a good reputation. Amen. And we read in 1 Peter chapter 3, from verse 3 on, it says, It's not fancy hair, gold jewelry, or fine clothes that should make you beautiful. No. Your beauty should come from within you. The beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, 
that will never be destroyed and is very precious to God. In this same way, the holy women who lived long ago and followed God made themselves beautiful, yielding to their own husbands. Amen? That, that is not an easy one to swallow because we all want to look beautiful. We like some gold earrings, some rings and stuff. But it's not, it, you know, like the message translation says, paraphrase, it's not merely, I like that. I didn't want to quote that because I want to stick to good translations. But it's not merely the hair, the nails, the earrings, the perfume, the high heels, the, you know, Vuitton bag. It, it's not merely that. If you've got all those things, God bless you. He has prospered you. He has put taste in you that you have and you need to enjoy it. He's come to give you life and life in abundance. So enjoy it. But it's not only that that's going to help you be a beautiful woman. Because you can have all those things and have a foul mouth or not be as gentle as it says here. You know, a gentle and a quiet spirit is how God's women ought to look to God and to their husbands. Amen. So we look back at, at Ruth. She was humble. She displayed honor. She displayed respect to Boaz. Men want respect and women want love. Amen. And we need to strike a balance with the outward and the inward. That's probably what I wanted to say, because that is truly what counts in the kingdom of God. And it keeps us grounded, and it keeps us humble. So just three simple thoughts uh, that I had time for this evening. And there's much more. And if you read it, take your time. Don't just go quickly through it. Read it. Pause, meditate, think about it, enjoy it, and um, this will help us to ignite love the way God would want us to ignite love. Amen? And if you're married and you need to ignite love, what did Tracy Tremendous Jones say her father said? It's up to us. God put romance inside of us. Light the candles, spray the room spray, petals on the bed, get some silk or satin sheets, do what you need to do. Flowers, do what you need to do. It's not difficult. And allow yourself to forgive often. You know, people ask us the number one thing we say, we keep romance alive, but the number one thing is we've learned to be forgiving. And we've learned to not sulk and walk on for days. There are those few moments in every now and again, unfortunately, because no one's perfect, not even me. But, but we forgive and we move on. And most of all, we please God. We want God is watching. And we want to honor him. Amen. And he always is such a rewarder when we just obey his word. Amen. So I trust that has helped you. And perhaps Ruth can be your role model. Um, of a woman who was found by a man, a heartbroken woman, um, who recovered and had hope, hope again in her life, and uh, by a good man, a man who was a kingsman redeemer, a kind man. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and inspired by this ministry. 